It's happy hour, and that means we continue the tailgate with Jeff Cardozo. Brought to you by Davis Gainesville Chevrolet and Cadillac, the official hometown online partner of the Florida Gators, and also in part by Sun State Federal Credit Union. Now here's Jeff on ESPN 981 FM, 850 AM WRUF. All right, we back. Hour number two. Of the tailgate, a true tailgate today, a big party. That's right. Here in the studio. We got Jamil from the Mealy Pop Shop. Brett's in here, Jeff here as well. Allison partaking on the other side of the glass, but she's she's standing up and mm-hmm. waving and doing stuff and answering your phone calls. But hold off on the phone calls right now because hour number two is going to start off in style. Love to uh, to have this guy on because he is right there in the uh, the heart of all of it and Really encourage you to uh, to check out his stuff on the Athletic. That is Will Salmon, who is uh, covering the Gators, and he has been, I'm sure, nonstop over the last few weeks, getting the scoop and getting all the good stuff to uh, to spill the beans. Now, Will, what's up, man? Jeff, man, nobody gives an intro quite like you. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, be on with you. No, of course. Um, it's uh, I, I guess is this a, a fun time? Is this a stressful time? Is it a uh, just an overwhelming time, you know. You, you you know, you go through the summer, you're hanging out on the beach in your speedo all day long, and now you got to start working again. You can still you can still go on the beach with your speedo a little bit. You <laughs> That's know. true. Uh, but but no, um, it's not overwhelming, but it is a combination of being a little bit stressful at times, but fun because look like like you like I do a job that I enjoy very much, and so I will never be caught complaining one bit about the work I do or the amount of it or whatever the case is just because there's so much more tougher jobs out there than, than what I do um, and it's fun man it's so enjoyable to me a lot's going on sure um, but I mean it's college football that's right it, it, it's fun to write about and it's just it's, en- it's an enjoyable job so I embrace this time of year no question about it well and what's fun I think for the fans is is the trash talk back and forth and, and we got a, a good discussion yesterday about how much Florida and Miami really hate each other, even though they don't play a bunch. As you started to research this game and talk to different people and even some of the players, because you know, a majority of them know each other on both sides of this, are you sensing there, there's a hatred or are you sensing um, just people are just ready to go and, and get after it? That's what I really like about this game in particular. You, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. It's like you don't play Miami every year at all. Um, it's not like FSU. It's not like any other really rivalry in the country where you're playing every year or every other year you're alternating home and away. It doesn't happen quite like that here with Miami. So that part makes it a little bit special. Um, as far as the players go, you also kind of nailed that one too. I mean, these guys kind of grew up with one another. Um, they play a lot growing up. Uh, so there are some cool friendships there. Um, but we have talked to guys like, you know, Grimes is from that area um, and, and he has friends. Uh, all around that roster who have been hitting him up and and trying to trash talk with him uh gambles another guy who's who's heard from people already and so yeah that makes it a little bit more fun it makes it a little bit more uh enjoyable for the players too i think just because you know you you have these people that you grew up playing against and it's never quite boring because you're not gonna you're not gonna play with these guys you're not gonna play against each other ever again in their career probably sure. so um it's not like it's an every year occurrence we're talking with Will Salmon from The Athletic, and for those that uh, are not familiar with Will, he covered uh, 
Dan Mullen at Mississippi State. So he's he's known Dan for for quite a while, and now now it's year two. And and I think the the, the times that I've been able to get out to practice, will I I see that things are more fluid. I, I see a, a certainly a different Felipe Franks, but I think that that translates to a lot of different guys. I mean, Tony doesn't look lost anymore, and there's just just several guys all over the place that are that are going full speed and they're not thinking and. I think that's the intriguing part of this because now it is year two of being in Dan Mullen's system and these guys understanding it more. Do you do you sense that as well? Yeah, definitely. There's a lot more speed, and that, that it should be that way, right? I mean, there should be much more comfort. There should be more of um, some knowledge of the playbook where the, the installations aren't brand new. Same thing on defense, though, too. I think yeah. that kind of gets like a little bit lost because that was the whole big thing about having Todd Grantham come back was. Yeah, he has a little bit of a complicated system for some guys, and some guys uh, need some time to absorb it and learn it. But, man, it, it certainly beats having to learn something completely new again, at least in my opinion. And we've seen it, and we've heard it from both sides about how easy how easier it is. And it allows him to play quicker, but it also allows, especially on offense, for you to do a lot more. Um, you were talking about being fun. They can incorporate a lot more fun into their playbook this year I think because you have that ability where you're not teaching as much about just a certain uh, player formation or any type of install you could you could uh, throw some wrinkles in that because they already have that knowledge of that base concept so you could ask them to do some different things now within it and that that's what makes it a little bit more fun or it should be at least but yeah. guys have already said that it's, it's faster um, and you know the speed of the game uh, should increase with, with uh, the tempo that they're able to play on both sides yeah, and, and what you just brought up there, I think, is is the fascinating part because I think when you watch Dan Mullen or even know him from before, they they run a lot of things out of the same formation, but it's just it's different, and and that's what's unique about what he's able to do. So once you understand that, once you understand certain things of this offense, then you can just utilize so much more of it, and and for those guys to be able to do that, and gosh, I, I don't know the entire playbook, but I can only imagine last year they at least before the end of the year, they're only running about 30% of what Dan Mullen wants to do or what can he do. So you think about getting that to maybe 50, 60, 70% of everything that's going on because Felipe's starting to get it. I mean, the it's the, the offense to me can be night and day different than what it was a year ago. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. I, I throw it out there to anybody to sort of like rewatch the South Carolina game or even the LSU game, and you'll see a lot of the same stuff. Like take out a pen and paper and jot down the the formations that they use and you know the the plays that they're running out of these sets or these person these personnel groupings. It's largely a lot of the same stuff, and it's just they were really good at certain things, <laughs> and so they just kept doing it. And teams couldn't stop them when they ran certain plays, so why mess with it? Um, so yeah, you kind of nailed it there. Uh, they did do a lot of the same stuff. It's just they were really really good at those things, and why mess with a good thing if it's working that well for you? And so they're going to do that again this year. We're going to see a lot of the same stuff again, but um, hopefully we see just for our own, our own entertainment a little <laughs> bit more different stuff. And I think we will just in, in getting you know the ball into playmakers' hands a lot more too with a Kadarius Tony or a Grimes or even a Jacob Copeland for that matter. So then for for everybody out there listening's entertainment, we we know about those guys. We know that they've got a ton of offensive talent and all these names that we keep mentioning left and right, receivers, tight ends, running backs, Felipe. But are, are there some other guys that, that you've seen or the coaching staff has talked about or players have talked about 
so, some young guys that maybe Gator fans aren't familiar yet that have an opportunity to, to get on the field and will obviously know their name pretty quickly? Take, take this for what it's worth, but whenever somebody has been asked about the secondary or particular like backups, I'm not talking about guys like Marco Wilson or C.J. Henderson. Yeah, those names are going to come up. But when guys are talked about, like, hey, you know, which which backups are impressing you, uh, who's standing out as far as younger talent goes, uh, Chester Kimbrough is always the name that people are saying first. Um, people are mentioning Elam and uh, Jaden Hill. Those are the two other uh, freshman corners. Mm-hmm. But Chester's name comes up before those guys. And I don't know if that matters. Um, I don't know if that's just a coincidence, but... Again, take it for what it's worth. His name is the first one, and there's usually like a pause where they'll say something about him and say, you know, he has this going for him or that, or he made this sort of play, and then they'll get to somebody else. So I don't know. Uh, that, that's kind of surprising to me because when you look at it, you would think that Elam would probably be that guy, and he very well still may be. Um, you know, we don't practice has been shut down the past two weeks or so, so it's hard for us to kind of get a better gauge on that other than, other than what we're told. But, yeah, Chester is a guy who I think um, may get an opportunity just because of the way the secondary looks. And by all accounts, he's somebody that people are pointing to and saying, you know, pay attention to this guy. Willie, you've probably been talking to your, your colleagues down in Miami from The Athletic. You know, what are they talking about with, you know, Jaron Williams now being the quarterback? And, you know, what are they saying about the program going into this game? Yeah, I mean, with, with Miami, it's just, I think that was the, the whole conversation was who's going to be the quarterback um, before anything else. And, yeah, they had, I think, one of the safeties who had a nice little camp um, go into the transfer portal or say that he's leaving, but the quarterback has largely mm-hmm. dominated whatever conversation we were going to have with Miami um, just based on uh, what that kid can do, what tape couldn't accomplish within the offense to win that job and so that's really been the gist of everything that's going on because other than that i mean their defense i I think a lot of people already give them a lot of credit for their front seven particularly their defensive line and people do say like hey it's probably going to to be a, a good challenge for florida's offensive line right away i think that's largely known but what people uh kind of question especially with a team like you know led by Manny Diaz who we're not really going to question his defense too much but we're going to question that offense um and and particularly at quarterback so it's an interesting combination of course to have your head coach be coaching his first game with a brand new QB in that game one against you know what should probably be a preseason top 10 team in Florida. Brett's mad at you now because he's a Temple fan and Manny Diaz left Temple so you had to bring up his name. No we got four million from him. That's true so you're good. That's yeah. uh, certainly certainly worth it, um, and it, and it's worth it to subscribe to the Athletic. It's great reads. Will does a, a fantastic job with all the stuff. So really encourage you guys to do so. And if you go on and and do that, you can read his latest story, which he talk about will the the offensive play calling and all the things that go on. And I think we know that Hevesy and Billy Gonzalez have been with him for forever. And I absolutely love Greg Knox. I think he's one of my favorite guys on that entire staff and the things that he's involved with. But that that cohesiveness and now you have guys acting like leaders on the team. So it's I just the, I think it's pretty intriguing going into this knowing that it seems like a lot of people are on the same page and you know the the difference from year 1 to to 2 can just be so so different. Oh, absolutely. And I I think a guy who doesn't really get a whole lot of credit on that staff is Brian Johnson. Mm-hmm. He's 
if you listen closely to Dan Mullen's press conferences and, and especially after a game and a certain play is brought up, every once in a while that play is going to come from Brian Johnson. And although Dan Mullen gets a lot of credit and deservedly so, uh, Brian Johnson's a guy who's pretty important for that staff too. And um, you you kind of touched on it there where, yeah, they, they're going to be a lot better as far as recognizing the talent that they have where, you know, take a guy like Michael Piron, for example, not going to take them a handful of weeks to know what they have in a guy like that and to best utilize him. Um, it's not going to not going to take them a couple of weeks, or at least it shouldn't, for them to uh, be a lot more confident in Kadarius Tony when the ball is in his hands and to kind of let him do his thing. So, um, in theory, it should be a lot better. It should be the fact that they're, you know, it's easier for them to spot certain things and certain areas where they could hit. So, yeah, it definitely works out where. It's a great combination because you also have a lot of those guys coming back who played a significant amount of action last year on your offense. Are there certain things you know, now that we're just a week and a half away that you're you're looking forward to in the game that you're, you're anxious to see, see what's different, or just w- what to maybe expect from what's going to happen next Saturday? Uh, I hate to be predictable, but I really am interested in seeing Felipe Franks against the live rush like that just because we've heard so much about his transformation or his improvement since that South Carolina game. And a lot of it is deserved and a lot of it is true. Um, but we always go back to the competition within those games. And we always say, well, okay, it's been such a long time since he's played an actual game and seen an actual live rush. We want to see what that work was that he put in the spring and in this training camp where – you know, guys have described him as very different. We want to see it. So I think it all starts with him as predictable as an answer that is. I think it's probably the biggest, the biggest concern or uh, the most important thing that you could, you could really be paying attention to in that game. Well, I, I know you don't wear any Gator gear anyway, but don't wear any walk around the, uh, the stadium outdoors. It's going to be crazy. You don't, uh, <laughs> you, you've never been acclimated to this, uh, Miami fan base, but it's, uh, it's going to be fun. I, I, I think, I think we're all just excited to, to have college football back. Are you, you're going to go down early and, and ride like the teacups? It's a small world, aren't you, at Disney? <laughs> yeah, you know, I very well may. I'm going to watch my back now. Are you, are you going to game day? So, say it again. Are you going to game day at the Magic Kingdom? Good, that's right. Yeah, yeah, I'll probably stop by and check it out and see what's going on. I'm not, uh, I'm not allowed to bring a sign, it looks like, so <laughs> I'm going to have to make sure I don't bring one of those. But other than that, I should, I should be there and check it out. Well, we're we're holding up a sign here in the studio. It says "We Heart Will Salmon." So, appreciate the uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the time, Will. Good job, man. And um, looking forward to uh, to seeing you at the ballpark. Uh, gosh, ten days, seven days, eight days, somewhere in there. But it'll be quick. Yeah, it's it's taken away, man. But thanks again, guys. All right, talk with you guys. Will Salmon from the Athletic. Appreciate his time as always. And Will, just like all of our guests, join us on the Titan. MRI hotline at Titan MRI. You're going to get uh, the best of the best in MRI. They're going to put you in a machine, big, open air. You don't have to be scared of it. And they're going to look at you and they're going to say, All right, that's wrong. That's wrong. You're old. That's wrong, like they do to me, and tell you how to get it fixed. So if you got any kind of aches and pains or anything that's going on, go see Joe and the crew at Titan MRI because they are absolutely fantastic. And They'll schedule you, get you in there, get you back to work, go pick up the kids, whatever you got to do, and make it a hassle-free experience. We'll take a break. We'll come back, get uh, more of your phone calls, 392-8255. Phone lines open up again. Jamil from the Mealy Pop Shop is here, and we're getting after it here on a Wednesday.